This week I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole in my sermon preparation. Okay, I fell down an enormous rabbit hole that meant having 40 tabs open on my computer and several books in multiple languages splayed out on my desk, and it meant reading a 10-page article from volume 18 of something called Illinois Classical Studies entitled The Origin and Semantic Development of the Term Harmony by Petar Ilyevsky. If you go up to the office right now, I'm pretty sure you'll find his name scrawled across one of the walls above a bunch of pictures and newspaper clippings connected to one another by a web of red yarn. I wrote this week in a kind of conspiracy theory fever, and I'm pretty sure later in this sermon I actually use the phrase, this goes all the way to the top. And the reason for all of this, like every sermon I've ever had spin out of control, is that I did one step too much research. I asked one question too many, and four hours later the office was trashed, I had discarded my original outline, and I still had nothing written. And the one question too many was this, is love a song sung in unison or in harmony? But let me back up now and explain about the sermon I planned on preaching. In this worship theme of everything is music, and on this Sunday when we have new members joining the church, it seemed like the perfect time to preach about harmony. I figured I'd tell a story about my family taking road trips when I was a kid, how we'd sing hymns and show tunes in three and four parts, I'd talk about loving musical groups made up of siblings whose voices are so tuned to one another you can barely untangle who is who. And then I'd tie it all together with this beautiful scripture from Colossians, clothe yourselves in love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. But then I did one step too many of research I decided just to look at some other translations of this verse, just to see what I might find out. And what I found out was that none of them contains the word harmony, which this sermon is supposed to be about. And worse still, most of them substitute the word unity which is basically the exact opposite. Love binds everything together in harmony. Love binds everything together in unity. Which is it? And at this point, you're probably saying, Vince, we get it. You're a nerd. But why does it matter? I think it matters because, for one, we do have new members joining church today. We have people binding themselves to those of us who are already part of this community, and we are binding ourselves to them. And we should be clear about what kind of commitment we're making to each other. Are we binding ourselves together in unity or in harmony? Do we sing and speak with one voice or many? Do we hold diverse opinions, or do we seek consensus? Do we join together in a single mission, or are we here to better follow our separate callings? We should probably know. And I think it matters not just for our church relationships, but for all our relationships. What does it look like to love someone? 
to be clothed in love for someone, a spouse or a friend or a child or a parent or a stranger? Is love about getting on the same page or about bringing the best of our difference? Is it about a united front or being able to disagree without disconnecting? Is it about everyone folding the towels the same way or everyone respecting the bizarre way others fold towels? Is love a song sung in unison or harmony? So if that does sound like a worthwhile question, or if you're willing to humor me, maybe you'll follow me just a little ways down this rabbit hole. I think it will be worth it. I'm going to try to do this next part as quickly as I can and with as little red yarn as possible. When I realized there was this disagreement, unity versus harmony, I decided to look into the Greek word that gets translated into these two opposites. It's sundesmos, and that's the last time I'm going to say it, and there's only one more Greek word coming. The word literally just means join together. But when I looked it up in my dictionary, it said, it's joining together like two prisoners chained to one another, which sounded more like unity than harmony, a loss of freedom and individuality. It also sounded like maybe not the metaphor I wanted for New Member Sunday, like, welcome to the church. It's like being in prison. So I decided to dig deeper. I decided to look up the Greek word for harmony to see if it might shed some light. Is it an appropriate word for this passage? And it turns out that the definition of harmonia, all done with the Greek now, is about the joining of planks on a ship, fitting them together to keep the water out. That's harmony. Or the joining of bricks to build a house. It still has that sense of unity, but but both of those seem like much better metaphors for love than imprisonment. But I decided to dig a little deeper, and as it turns out, the root of that word is the word for wheel, and more specifically, the spoked wheel of a chariot, an innovation that made them much faster and was basically the best technology people had for thousands of years for moving things around. And that sounded a lot more like harmony. Love like a chariot in which all these parts are working together to move things forward instead of bricks or planks that get put in place and left there. And then I dug a little deeper and found out that the chariots were war chariots and this innovation made it practical finally to ride vehicles into battle and I thought I better keep digging. When I did, I found out that that wheel itself was actually named for the joining of its spokes. That joint was strong, and even with just four spokes, a wheel could keep its shape and withstand thousands of pounds of pressure without collapsing. Which again seemed like a better metaphor and also brought me back to this idea of unity, fixed and unmoving, joined together to become one piece. 
But then I dug a little deeper, and I found out that the same word was also the root word for arm. The wheel was like a giant arm, making more work possible. And the thing about arms is that even though all of the parts are joined together, they move independently, and sometimes even in opposite directions. And it's that flexibility and differentiation that make arms such powerful tools, which sounded a lot like harmony to me. So getting to the root, it seemed to mean both the fixed joint of the wheel, whose power is that it becomes one and stays put, and the flexible joints of the arm whose power is independence and movement, and I realized I was back to where I started. Unity versus harmony. Plus, I had burned three hours of sermon writing time. So, the last section of rabbit hole I traveled, the last thing I looked into was how this word got applied to music which it did way back in the chariot days. Harmony, of course, is about different notes sounding together beautifully. It's the interdependence that I had been hoping to find when I started on this journey, the metaphor I wanted to use for church membership and for love. At the church I served in Gainesville, they would say, we're a salad, not a stew. We join together, but we keep our unique flavors. We don't get boiled down into one thing. We're lots of things, but we taste better together, like many voices singing in harmony. But I dug a little deeper, and it turns out the reason that word first got applied to music was because of unity. The Greeks started to notice relationships between these notes that sounded good together, fixed relationships. It turned out that if you took a string from an instrument and you cut another string exactly half its length, you got the same notes an octave apart. And if you cut it two-thirds as long, you got what they called a quinta, and if you cut it three-quarters as long, you got a quarta. It turned out that underneath the beauty of these independent harmonies was a secret, hidden unity. While the different parts wove in and out of each other in pleasing ways, they were making audible a deeper relationship. It was both harmony and unity an undiscovered order at the base of all of those separate moving parts. Plato called it the harmony of the cosmos, or the soul of the world. Heraclitus agreed, the deepest truth of our world is an invisible fastening of everything to everything else. He called it logos, which means word, and also, I guess, there was one more Greek word in this sermon after all. It's the same word that John begins his gospel with. In the beginning was the logos, the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. So yes, this thing goes all the way to the top. Above all, 
clothe yourselves in love. Love which is the invisible fastening of all things. Love which is the secret order beneath all beauty. Love which was from the beginning with God, which is God, which goes all the way to the top of the universe, and if you dig a little deeper, goes all the way down. In the Book of Delights, the poet Ross Gay writes about the hidden order beneath a forest floor. He says, in healthy forests, there exists a constant communication between roots and mycelium, by which I mean a tree over here needs nitrogen and a nearby tree has extra, and so the hyphae, the mycelium, the fungal ambulances ferry it over constantly. This tree to that, that to this. In a tablespoon of fungal duff, meaning a healthy forest soil, are miles and miles of hyphae. And in trying to articulate what joy is, it has occurred to me that joy is the mostly invisible, the underground union between us, you and me, which is the great fact of our life. In the end, what we're doing today, as we commit ourselves to one another again, what we're doing every time we commit ourselves to love another, every time we clothe ourselves in it, we are making the invisible reality visible. The invisible truth, the great fact of our lives, that we are both separate and one, fixed and moving, free and bound to one another, top to bottom. The love we clothe ourselves is not one thing or the other, not unison or harmony, but both at the same time. All of it at the same time. Love is a chain that binds us to each other and means we are not entirely free. Love is the planks of a ship that buoy us against the waves that keep us from going under. It is the joining of bricks to make space, to create a home. It is a wheel that helps us carry a load and move forward and sometimes leads us into conflict. It is an arm whose parts move in opposite directions but toward the same goal. It is miles of fungus making sure that what is needed is found and what is abundant is shared. Love is a chord of beautiful music sung by siblings, the voices so tuned to one another you can barely untangle who is who. It is a word which exists before and beneath and within everything. A word made flesh, made real and tangible here in us today invisible until we make it known.